0: We have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank, how are you doing, Rank? It um, looked great in
1: person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year we can pack it full of $25,000. Hey,
0: Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's Day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers. ViperCast. Hello and welcome to Shark Week. I mean, the Dynasty Vipers ViperCast presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. Hey, as always, I am joined by Major and Tara, but on today's show, we have one of the biggest nerds in all of fantasy football. We have the one and only, Garrett Price. How you doing, Garrett?
2: Man
1: i even i even get applause man see usually usually on my show they boo me so
2: uh we so got I appreciate some there for that. you too if you need it
0: yeah, yeah don't worry about that. I've heard that. it comes out at least four five six times a show whenever i'm on
2: so i I, I, mean, I feel more at home now we're good to go hey
0: we're all about making people feel comfortable here aren't we major
2: yeah i don't know where you where where, where we're going with that but <laughs> i'm always uncomfortable <laughs> like now <laughs> I write and this that
0: one. is what I strive for each and every week. <laughs> so Tara, kind of we all I think everyone here is kind of wrapped up their SFB drafts right now. I think a lot major, I think you were one of mine the Mine just ones you ended guys like just five minutes
2: up. ago. Mine just wrapped up.
0: So I'm gonna go around here real quick before we get into the show there. Major, how do you feel about your team now that it's officially wrapped up? I mean it can't be any worse than last year's Trevor Lawrence and whoever else you had a quarterback, is it?
2: Yeah, Trevor and Wentz. So this year I have uh who do I have? I don't know. My, I really didn't last year. I had like charts and diaphragm. It looked like I was in the matrix. I had all this stuff or like minority report. I was pulling stuff out the air this year. I just kind of just had fun and went with it. And, you know, I, eh, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what my team looks like right now. I haven't even really looked at the final product. Um, Maybe go to uh, Tara and then come back. Well, I'm going to Tara, but I'm not coming back. So Tara.
0: <laughs>
3: How are you feeling about your team? Um, yeah, like, I'm feeling good about my team. I kind of, you know, unlike Major, who should know since his draft literally ended, mine ended like well over a week ago, so I got to refresh my memory <laughs> a little bit. But um, but yeah, I like my team. I went with a couple of um, kind of mid round, high upside guys who, if they pay off, like Terry McLaurin, Rashad Bateman, if they pay off at the position, I can have a big advantage with those as my wide receiver two, wide receiver three guys. So. I was trying to go with a nice, the team that has some stability. I'm not going off the rails, but also has enough upside to where if I get into the playoffs, I can be a little bit different to be able to push myself to a victory. So I'm feeling good about it.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling you there because we basically wrapped up our draft the day before it actually started. I mean, we did ours over on the Series XM there with the Metropolitan Division, and it was, okay, here we go, 30-second clock, go, and we got the whole draft done in one sitting there. So – I haven't looked at my roster since we did that, and I already know. I always have a feeling when I like my teams after drafts, typically they turn out to be not very good. And if I absolutely hate my team, chances are they're going to do pretty good. Now, Garrett, how about your team? Who are you kind of feeling right now?
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty happy with how things turned out. I, I somehow managed to get uh, Mahomes and uh, Aaron Rodgers wow. uh, in the first two rounds. So I uh, feel pretty good about how the uh, the quarterback position played out. Got some upside running backs like Barkley and ETN. Uh, the receiver room is pretty solid. CeeDee Lamb, DJ Moore, Drake London. So I like I, I like how things turned out. I feel pretty good about the squad.
0: So that's interesting there. The last one you brought up, Drake London. Yeah. So we're going to probably talk about him in just a second here, or we can go right to him because when we're looking at these drafts, I know SFB, it's a redraft league. It's not a dynasty startup. But if we're looking at Superflex dynasty startup leagues, that's kind of where we're going with on the show here today. Who are some of your do not draft players right now?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I did a, a video recently on it, and and you know you obviously you picked up on it. Drake London was one of the the guys on my do not draft list. And typically in a dynasty league, I'm all about taking rookies. Like I I love taking rookies. Uh, I spend way too much time scouting all of these players. Uh, I, I do devi leagues as well, so I, I like fall in love with these players like years before. And you know mm-hmm. I'm all about it typically, but that being said sleepers ADP of Drake London right now is wide receiver 13. So like the expectation of Drake London is he is a wide receiver one and to be able to produce a wide receiver one season as more than likely the second option, because we know Kyle Pitts is probably going to be the main option with a quarterback like Marcus Mariota. I feel like there's probably some disappointment set up there and Although typically you don't get second-year wide receivers cheaper, I think you might actually be able to get him cheaper next year if he doesn't put up twelve to thirteen hundred yards and you know six to eight to ten touchdowns. Like if he doesn't have a really good rookie season, chances are we're going to see that price tag maybe a hair cheaper next year uh, than than we are this year. So just the wide receiver thirteen is just uh, just too expensive for me at this point. So I'm just not really willing to take him uh, in, in, in those
0: dynasty startups. That Drake London situation is very interesting because they got themselves a youngish quarterback there in Desmond Ritter, but the Falcons could play themselves into the Bryce Young, C.J. Strode conversation come sure. next year. So you could be entering next year with Drake London, with Ritter, or you could possibly be tying him with Strode and uh, Bryce Young there, which would be great for dynasty, but except we just don't know what's going to happen there. Kind of like these two next running backs on your list. So give me two running backs here that you are not drafting at their current ADPs.
1: Yeah, Najee Harris uh, for for dynasty leagues. Uh, I'm I'm not currently able to take him because in super flex leagues, I'm I really want to get those quarterbacks. I mean, the it's it's a tough thing to acquire after your draft. If you try to trade for a quarterback that's anywhere sniffing the top fifteen. All of a sudden, you're talking about like multiple firsts and, you know, giving up players you really like. It's just, it's really hard to acquire them after the draft. And as much as I like Najee Harris and I think he's a fine football player, there nothing really helped him this offseason. Uh, they did nothing to address that offensive line, which was one of the biggest contention points for that team last year. They, Ben Roethlisberger, who had the quickest release uh, out of any quarterback last year, he got rid of the ball quicker than anybody else, also targeted the running back more than anybody else last year, is now gone. They have a youngster in Kenny Pickett who is probably more likely to to look to throw it downfield to guys like Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. So I don't know that we're going to get nearly as many dump-offs, and Najee Harris led the league uh, at the running back position in receptions last year. So that number normalizes, it it could, it could be difficult for him to be able to produce quite at the same level that he did in the previous season. But, but at the end of the day, uh, for, for me, for dynasty and, 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 I was looking at all of those from a dynasty perspective, um, all of these guys I'm talking about, but I, I can't take a running back in the first round that shelf life is so short uh, give me e- even if I'm not going to go quarterback give me Kyle Pitts give me Justin Jefferson give me uh, Jamar Chase somebody like that over a guy like Najee Harris
0: yeah I, I kind of feel that there a little bit too because we're seeing that workload already add up for him I think he had something like 381 touches I mean the, the record was back in like 1984 uh Wilder there for the Tampa Buccaneers, I think he had like 452 touches in a single season, which is absolutely insane right now. Major is a former junior college running back, you know, 450 carries, 450 touches is a lot to handle. So maybe Washington's feeling, you know what, Antonio Gibson, we're probably not want to give you that many touches because we don't want to wear you down. Is he also on that do not draft list?
1: Is he is on my do not draft list as well. Uh he people are starting to wise up. So it's dropped a little bit since I've since I've done the video. Uh, but for a while he was being taken right around uh even after even after the NFL draft, he was still taken right around that running back 12 to 14 range, head of guys like Cam Akers, ETN, different players like that. And it's tough to be able to trust him, even though I do still think he's gonna get a decent amount of touches uh in total, like if it just counting numbers, I still think he could get. 12 to 15 carries a game. But the problem is he's probably lost most of the valuable touches. When I say that, I mean, I'm talking about receptions because they brought back JD McKissick after thinking he had left and, and gone to Buffalo. He came back. Uh, so he's, we know that he's not going to get a ton of third down work. And then they brought in Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson's a really good goal line back. And Antonio Gibson last year, was towards the upper end as far as red zone touches. That was part of what made him more valuable. You bring in a 230-pounder like Brian Robinson and you use third-round draft capital to do it, that probably spells him for short yardage and red zone situations. So even if he does well and he has 12 carries for 80 yards, that's only eight points. That doesn't help you nearly as much as a guy that might only get 40 yards, but he gets, you know, work around the goal line and he gets receptions. So I just, I can't touch Antonio Gibson right now.
0: And that's a shame because Gibson's basically put together two consecutive 1,000-yard scrimmage seasons, 20-plus touchdowns in just two years there. Now, before we get to your fourth player, I'm going to turn the mic over to Major that will give you his two do not draft players and just kind of get your thoughts on those two guys there, Garrett.
2: Yeah, so I just went, you know, I'm going to go hard or like go home and I'm going to go with Josh Allen. We all know quarterbacks, the points for quarterbacks are just so tight. You can get a good quarterback later on in, in most drafts and Josh Allen's going ahead of going ahead of Patrick Mahomes, like the golden child. He's going ahead of Lamar Jackson, the guy who could run a rock. Um he's going ahead of um Justin Herbert, who's like coming on, so I don't know. I I, I feel like it's a lot of hype built into the Josh Allen stuff here. Um, my second one, I'm going with Austin Eckler. I love him because he's a fantasy guy, he loves fantasy, but he has touched, he has what 500 plus rushing yards in four years. That's a lot of yards, and that's not even including his receptions. Um, so he's touched the ball a lot, and I love his running style, he's a hard runner. Sometimes I think he's too hard of a runner. He doesn't have any finesse. He doesn't make you miss at all. He's running right into you. So he has a lot of poundage going on on that body. Um, and uh, he, I think he's, what, 27 this year, going on 28. And we all know that's like the magic number for running back. So, you know, although I like Austin, the guy, I think, the, you know, just the usage, I think is, is a bit much at this point. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, for, as far as I go, I, I'm with you on Austin Eckley. Uh, we saw really odd usage. I shouldn't say odd because they had some injuries and stuff, uh, in the backfield last year, but, uh, he had one of the highest, uh, touchdown totals that we've ever seen out of him And touchdowns can be really fluky, especially when they brought in a player like Isaiah Spiller, that somebody that they they've been trying to find that guy ever since Melvin Gordon's been gone. To spell him uh, in situations they tried with Justin Jackson, tried with Larry Roundtree. They tried with, uh, oh, they had another guy. They've had like three or four. Jackson,
2: Justin Jackson. Joshua Kelly.
0: Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Kelly was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So they've
1: had like three or four of these third, fourth, fifth round guys that they've tried to like plug in. Hasn't worked yet. The most talented of the bunch so far is definitely Isaiah Spiller. I think we're going to see him be used in those situations and if he's not rushing for 12 touchdowns like he did last year that takes him from being, you know, a top 3 RB maybe back into that RB 8 9 10 range and a guy that's you're, you you mentioned at 27 years old we're not expecting that to improve we're only expecting him to be a decreasing asset so totally get you there Josh Allen I'm on the fence with uh, I get it. He's the number one over. I mean, I'm literally in a startup right now. He went number one overall. Uh, so there's really nowhere for him to go but down. Uh, you know, the, it's 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 because he's the best right now. He had, you know, two quarterback one seasons in a row. But uh, but I'm with you. If if it's me, I personally do like taking Mahomes and Herbert over him. Uh, but I can understand both sides of the coin. So I'm 100% with you on Eckler. I'm like on the fence with Allen.
2: Yeah,
0: I can see. I see. I think Tara is disagreeing with you on Eckler. I can kind of see
1: oh, the wheels really? oh, kind of you know, yeah, This may
2: be a shocker. Oh, whoa, again. <laughs> so I,
0: I feel that I owe like Tara a
3: rebuttal argue. on the Eckler. You re- you really want to make me argue? I was going to leave it alone.
2: <laughs> you <were> not going <laughs> to. Really. I was. I
3: was. I promise. I was going to leave it alone. Um, the thing about Austin Eckler is the only thing that was actually off pace for something that he hasn't already done before, or something that he was on pace to do in a previous season was just the rushing touchdowns. Everything else actually lines up to what he has performed before or been on pace for before. So I get the argument with the rushing touchdowns. Although my argument there is, is, that there was a regime change previously. They never used him as a goal line back and they weren't particularly good as a team as a whole at the goal line as well from a running perspective. So I think I'm not expecting a massive decrease. I am expecting some regression, but not enough that's going to push him outside of the top five mathematically, according to the fantasy points that he had last season. So, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about Austin Eckler being a bust. And
2: she's wrong again.
3: I'm not. Well, I did the math. We'll have
2: to revisit this in two to
0: three I did the years math. And this show's number one on podcast. Such charts. a nerd. Uh, now, now Tara.
3: I no, who are those it two is. players that... It can be a Dynasty nerd.
0: <laughs> hey, there you <laughs> go. Ooh, nice. Well played. Job interview. Um, <laughs> so, Tara, who are those two players that you're not drafting here right now?
3: Uh, so, the first one for me is CMC. I don't think this one is um, much of a surprise here for me from a Dynasty perspective. I can get behind it from a redraft perspective. I'm not going to do it. But I can get behind why people want to do it because of the upside there. But from a Dynasty perspective, I just have... I have zero faith that even if he is able to get through it for this season, I don't think it's going to happen again. And if you're drafting him in a startup at the position that he's in right now in terms of his ADP, my worry is is that what happens with your first round draft pick and you're sitting there and he actually doesn't, you know, make it through half the season, at least again, and the trade value is just going to decrease so much. I mean, you've just lost right off the bat there. So I'm, I'm staying away from Christian McCaffrey, especially in Dynasty. And then the other one is uh, it's George Kittle. And I'm a little bit surprised on how close his ADP is to Travis Kelsey because, um, because I agree with the arguments for Travis Kelsey. And George Kittle has fallen right there behind him. And I know that there's an age difference, but there's also a playing style difference. There's a history in terms of how much of the season he makes it through, injury history and whatnot, wear and tear on his body. And he's also got an unknown situation where Travis Kelsey, he is in a known situation with his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. We know they're tied together. We don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be between George Kittle and Trey Lance. We don't know how much pass volume is going to be pushing through that offense. We don't know how much is going to be going specifically towards Kittle versus Debo Samuel. If Brandon Ayuk can pull through, he had a strong finish towards the end of the season. So there's just a lot of unknowns for me in terms of taking George Kittle that high for a startup.
0: I like how you mentioned George Kittle. So before I turn the mic over to Garrett here, actually I'm going to turn it over right away. Garrett, I'm going to ask you your opinion on George Kittle versus Travis Kelsey as do not draft players.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm probably not drafting either one. Uh, Travis Kelsey was on my do not draft list. Currently super flex startups uh, right around the turn of the, the, the second and third round there. And, and it's not because Travis Kelsey isn't fantastic. I mean, he was RB one or RB one tight end one, literally tight end one overall for five straight seasons. This year he was finally dethroned uh by Mark Andrews, who was the tight end one overall. Uh, but part of it, part of it is is he's he's now in his age 33 season, uh, and what he's already done is unprecedented. So I mean it's it's definitely possible that he could continue, but but for how long? And when you're using a second or third round startup pick. You want a player that you're going to be able to have for more than two at max, maybe three seasons. But, I mean, we're looking at him at age 36 there. I don't know that he's still going to be able to produce as a top three tight end at age 36. It would be completely unheard of. So uh, when we're looking at that type of draft capital, I would much rather pivot to another position, uh, or even even if we're going to stick at the same position, I would rather wait a round or two, take, take somebody – uh, that that has upside, maybe not as safe as as Travis Kelsey is, that has upside but can do it for so much longer. If you really want the production now, trade up a half a round or so and take Mark Andrews uh, if you're wanting that production right now. I just can't get behind taking some a player that's that old, that late. And, and going back to George Kittle, I, I can understand the argument. We've seen a lot of injuries over and over and over, and part of it's due to his play style. I mean, George Kittle is a physical freak. And I love watching him play. Uh, but that does lend itself to getting a little bit banged up here and there. And and one of the best abilities is availability. And he just hasn't had that over the years. And so I, while while I'm not as far off of him as I am Kelsey, I'm I'm more than fine skipping him, going and taking some upside players that I think might
0: give me a little bit more longevity and a little bit more health. Well, before we head into the commercial break, uh, two more players that I got on my list. One actually pains me. I know Major's going to – Totally disagree with this one right off the get-go. So I want to get you, Garrett, kind of see if you can see my side of it all here. Cam Akers right now, RB14 for Dynasty Startups, overall player 39. You're likely investing a third-round draft pick in a player that we do not know what he's going to be like when he comes back. Prior to that Achilles rupture, he was averaging four yards per carry. When he came back, 2.2 yards per carry. Could he get back up to four? Absolutely he could. But we don't know. We don't have anything in stone about how a player is going to recover from an Achilles injury. So for me, I'm out at that current ADP.
1: Yeah, I'm. I haven't been the biggest Cam Akers supporter, so I'm sorry, man. Like I, I to boo I, you again. I, it, 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 I didn't. I didn't get set up for success on this one because uh, I, I do have a history of kind of being out on uh, on Cam Akers. Uh, look, I remember as a draft pick. He was he was like the biggest boomer bust player for me because you saw like the physical abilities were there. But as far as like being able, like that offensive line was horrific, but it, it set him up for some bad habits. I don't think he had the best vision. He didn't always make the best decisions at the second level. So like I was, I was like, I love like the physical, like he looks like a running back that I would like make on Madden, like a creative player. Like <laughs> I like him. But there was just like some of those, like a little. Uh, nuances that I was concerned about and they haven't necessarily been cleaned up great we've seen like flashes like a game or two here and there there was like one or two primetime games too which I think really helped elevate his view in the public but once you add in that that Achilles injury and already some of the concerns I had uh just with him as a player before that I'm probably going to be out I think that there's some players uh, at a similar ADP that I would rather have, and I'd rather bank on. Especially, you mentioned it. I just, I still don't know that he can come back all the way. Like it was so encouraging to see him back in the playoffs, but none of those games were that good.
2: So but I, he was I, playing injured, though. He was still. He came back the same year. That's un, which is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible, and I hope it works because I'm banking on it working for my boy James
1: Robinson because I love him. So yeah. I like. I hope it works out. Like in general. Uh, but until I see it, it, it's really tough to invest that capital because in those first four rounds of a startup, for this is just kind of my personal philosophy. In those first four rounds, I'm playing it like I can't miss because when you miss in those first four rounds, especially if you miss on two of those guys, you set yourself back so far. Then once I'm in like the fifth round or later, I'm all about taking up like give me all the upside in the world. Then, but on those cornerstone pieces, I can't miss, and there's just too many yellowish, orangish, reddish flags at this point with Cam Akers for me, man.
2: Yeah, good thing I picked them up in a fifth round in a Scott Fishbowl. Great. Hey, there you go. Right <laughs> out, you yeah. said four, hey, right? Fifth so round, I'm, go. I'm cool with. Fifth round, I'm cool with.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then another player right in that same round there, right on that same area is Tyreek Hill. He's going off as a 34th player, wide receiver, 12. He's not even the best receiver, in my opinion, on his team. I'm all team Jalen Waddle here. All the time, give me all the smoke. I got all the gas for Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill just doesn't do it quite for me the same there. So, you know, sharks and penguins, they love each other, right? They got a little bit of a relationship. Tyreek Hill's a cheetah. We don't want none of those land mammals on our side.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm okay with Tyreek, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I love Waddle too. Uh, I think they're both fantastic. It, if, if I'm gonna be out on one, I'm gonna be out on the other because if i'm going to be out which i'm not but if i'm going to be out it's going to be because i have questions about Tua more so than i have questions about either one of those players but i think Tua is good enough accurate enough to get it done i think we're going to see improvement from that offense i think that they've done a good job building that offensive line like i and and, and i really believe in in uh McDaniel's to 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 get that offense in the pieces uh, like on a chessboard where they need to be. So I'm in on both guys. Uh, I know that depreciates both of their value a little bit, but I I like both players. So I'm not quite out on Tyreek yet.
2: I mean, two is the greatest quarterback ever, according to Tyreek. Like, he's the greatest yeah, quarterback ever. He's loving ever, it. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's dropping f bombs on on live TV for
1: him. Yeah, I, lo- I love
2: that part.
0: <laughs> I mean, he, he's not wrong. I mean, two is an accurate quarterback, and on this show, this is a Team a type show here. So, I mean, we we all got Tua uh, really high in our rankings here. I we like all it. believe in Tua and his ability. So, I mean, you can't argue the numbers. The numbers are the numbers. But it's it's good to be accurate when
2: you're. I'm sorry. Go
0: ahead. Well, we talked about completion, completion rate, completion percentages, and two was right up there with the best in the league. So give him another weapon. I mean, this offense, he doesn't have to throw 40-yard bombs to score touchdowns. He can dump them off four yards and watch them go.
2: I'm like, it's great. It's easy to be accurate when you're throwing, like, check downs and quick slants. You know, so, you know, I'll give that to him. It's true.
0: Well, before we head off to the next part of the show here, I just want to kind of give a shout out here to Garrett here at DynastyNerds.com. I just Great let the people website. know what you guys got going on there as we head into the – I mean, we're in training camp right now. That means the yeah. season is just right there. And I know you guys over at Dynasty Nerds have all kinds of fantastic tools to help fantasy managers gain that little bit of an edge.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're we're always cooking. We're always working. Uh, we're actually getting close to the release of uh, our, our GM 2.0 – just gonna clean up some features add some new features um some new tools so we're really excited about that uh but yeah we we've got all kinds of stuff uh over on the website anything from our film room so if you're a guy that's like more of a film grinder you want to get your eyes on the rookies and and break down their tape that's that's what i enjoy doing personally uh so so we've got you there we cut up all the games uh into you know five six seven minutes so you just get their snaps from every single game that that we can get our hands on, and a lot of them are all twenty-two, which is especially for me with running backs to really be able to evaluate their vision and stuff, you gotta have the all twenty-two, or you just you just really can't tell. Like you just really can't tell without it. Uh, we we have the GM tool, so you can go in there, plug your teams in. If you're like a, a degenerate like me, and you got like nineteen teams, you can go and plug your teams in, and it'll tell you right away in a snapshot what teams in your league have good running backs, which ones have good receivers who's good trade targets. We got the trade calculator there. All kind like, I I could spend way too long talking about all this, but go in, check it out. Uh,
2: You you won't regret it. That's one of my go-to sites for real. I appreciate it, man. Yeah.
0: Well, with that all being said, hey, we're going to move this conversation on to behind the grind here in just a second. We're going to have a little bit of football and faith brought up in the next segment, so you're not going to miss that. So stay
2: tuned. We'll catch you a little bit later.